0: His son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John three seventeen comes right after the infamous John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen and amen. Hey, I'm back. That's right. Regular show schedule. Man, I'll tell you, hiatus is not fun. But anyway, got a friend of mine, great friend of mine, uh, not feeling too well. Hope it's not the COVID. Doesn't sound like it from what he's told me so far. I haven't really talked to him. But anyways, uh, let's, let's make sure he's in our prayers and, you know, he, he's uh, everything works out okay. He's an old-timer like me, <laughs> if you want to call us old-timers. And, uh, you know... Sometimes things, just the simplest thing, can really knock us for a loop because, well, we're old. Thank you, Jesus, We're getting us through, and every single day that we have, we have to give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. So let's say our prayer, and we'll get started with the show. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray this day that thy Holy Spirit, which fills me always, Lord, be with my tongue, my heart, and my mind, that your word and your glory and your praise and your honor is always preeminent, Father, for thou art worth our glory and praise. And I ask you this in Jesus' name, amen. I want to make a point about that. When I pray that prayer specifically, you know, be with my heart, my tongue, and my mind, you see it's a whole body thing. It's everything. It's not just one thing or another. It's all of you, every bit of you. Is called to be in service to the Lord. Um, what was the other point I was going to make? Now I can't remember. Um, oh, brings me, so, you know, name of the show is Let's Talk. My name is Mike. My email address, if you want to correspond, is Let's Talk Mike One at gmail.com. It's Let's Talk M I K E, the number one, at gmail.com. And this episode is called What Did You Do? What Did You Do? All right. So, crazy stuff going on. Biden says the pandemic's over, and yet they're still trying to get crazy with, you know, gotta wear a mask, gotta this, gotta that. Give me a break, you know? I mean, how much more can you try to destroy us? I also found out (laughs) that the, uh, the urinals in the men's room may be a thing of the past. There are activists across America who pledge loyalty to the transgender ideology. They're demanding, uh, amongst other things that they've demanded, unfortunately, successfully, that others submit to her agenda. And you know, we can't use certain pronouns. We now, we you know, it has to be they or them or can't say he or him. Jeez, you know. The level of fantasy is being expanded because now, out of respect to those who are confused and misled, they want them to stop using the urinals. I can't explain to you how disconcerting that would be to walk into a men's room and not see a urinal. I remember my daughter one time, oh, she was she was young. We went to the movies so before the movie, you know, let's make sure we go to the potty, so I, you know, I had to take her to the men's room, there was nobody in there but the two of us, so I walked into the stall with her and, you know, got, made sure she got sat down okay and whatnot, and I turned my back, give her some privacy, and uh, all of a sudden she goes, Daddy, what are those, and she was very concerned, and I, and, you know, so I'm kind of looking out the little, you know, you can see out the crack of the sides of the door there and whatever at the hinges. And I'm looking out there and I, you know, I don't see anything. So I says, you know what? You know what those things over there on the wall. So I'm I'm again I'm looking, and suddenly I realize it was the first time she had ever seen a urinal. That was one of those moments when your kids are growing up and you know you realize. They don't know everything, you know, and they're learning as they go. And that's one of the amazing things about raising children or having raised children is, you know, (laughs) yeah, believe it or not, moments like that, you know, when they they come to an understanding or a realization in the world. I remember the one time when she slipped on ice for the first time, and, of course, she couldn't see it, you know, (laughs) and she just kept falling down, falling down, and slipping and sliding, and, you know, trying to get her feet under her and whatnot, and she just got so frustrated. That's it. She I don't want to go for a walk, and we didn't go. But, you know, again, and I told her what it was, and she was like, I don't care what it is. I ain't even, I'm not dealing with this. So that was the end of our walk. Uh-huh. Anyway, excuse me for blowing that trumpet. And, uh, again, you know, so... <laughs> What was it? Or what is it? A, a beatboxer? Pro-lifers mocked Stanley Abrams for saying fetal heartbeats at six weeks are a, you might want to sit down for this one, a manufactured sound. <laughs> How do these people even get airtime? I mean, used to be back in the day, these Looney Tunes were like, you know, kept in a closet someplace and they weren't allowed to get out. And now they're all over the place, <clears throat> spewing this garbage. And people buy into it. They, You know, it, what it is is, you know, the magazines on the racks at the checkout counter with these insane stories, it's like, really, are you serious? But, you know, those magazines wouldn't be there month after month and forever in a day. How many of them been out, you know, for years if people weren't buying them? So what they did was they took the garbage from the magazine and put it on mainstream media, and and have people that quote unquote have supposed, uh, I guess you could say, uh, um, respectability or whatever, that you know, and and then they say it. Listen, I got to get serious now. Enough of that nonsense. What do we got, 40-something days before November 8th? you got to hear me when I tell you this. There should not be any doubt that this election, I believe, is the most important midterms in our history. I believed the same thing when Trump ran against Clinton. Most important presidential election. The last one was the same. Unfortunately, thievery runs rampant in the Democratic Party. So the Democrats, trying to create a distraction, they raid Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, rounding up more than 50 Trump allies and demonizing everyone who supports the former policies as, you know, we're domestic terrorists. The interesting thing is nobody in support of Trump has... uh, testified. I think that's the Achilles heel of this quote-unquote committee, okay? The other thing is now this woman, this Attorney General from New York State, I forget her name, I don't care, um, is over here and now they're going to, you know, they're bringing charges against Trump for supposedly lying about his uh, I think his real estate values or something like that, but Anyways, the point is this. There's no victim, so it's not a crime. This is a civil suit. But they try to sell it to you like it's some kind of big criminal case. It's a nothing. It's a go nowheres. But, you know, (laughs) got to get rid of Trump because, oh no, we can't have him around. So the thing is this. We got to bring everything to bear to destroy the Democratic Party at the ballot box on the 8th of November. That's got to be the mission, and there is no substitute for victory because if we don't wash those people out of Washington and our state houses and our, you know, from the state level and and local all the way on up, if we don't clean house, they're going to clean our clocks but good. They're already telling people, because of the Green Deal, they're telling people in the Northeast and the Northwest. Now, my sister-in-law lives in the Northwest, And she told my wife, the other, or somehow or another, you know, what the situation was. People in the Northeast are being told the same thing. Well, your heating oil and your cost of heating your home is going to go up at least 35% this year. This is insane. I don't care what they tell you. Their reason is, I'll tell you what it is right now. The Green New Deal. They're trying to push you out and force you into, like, solar panels and things like that. And if you don't think that's a possibility, if you don't think that they can cause that to happen and shut you down, you'll have no heat or anything. All right? Well, guess what? You got those meters connected to your house now for years. They shut those bad boys right off. Or they can put a limit on how much you know power or whatever you can use to heat your home or turn the lights on, things like that. You see, it's just a stunt. It's all a bunch of evil, draconian lies. And that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. You know, according to a Harvard poll, get this, 73% of Democrats, that's a huge number, believe this is dangerous. This is serious. This is serious. Like the little girl said in the movie Signs, that was... That was my favorite. I watched it like a couple times. Oh, wait, i got to see that again. It was so cute. They got the tinfoil hats on their heads. And she goes, this is serious. Anyways, this is serious. Tens of millions, 73%. Tens of millions are, they believe, tens of millions of dangerous MAGA Republicans pose a threat to our democracy. And we're trying to overthrow the Constitution. Who's the one that tears up speeches right on national television behind the president's back? I'm sure he heard the papers rip. All right? Who's outright said, uh, it's, you know what? It's in the way. It's just a piece of paper, this, that, from Obama all the way up till today. And speaking of Obama, let's get his uh, quote unquote classified documents. And what about Hillary? Bleach, bleach, whatever. Bleaching. Oh, you mean like Clorox bleach? Did you wipe your your server clean? You mean like with a dust cloth? I mean, and you know what? (laughs) Here she is running for president in 2016. This is insane. You got, you know what? Man, this has got to end. This has got to end. There cannot, this cannot go on. No, no. Oh, nay, nay. Oh, nay, nay. They're the ones trying to overthrow the Constitution. The Constitution that guarantees a Republican form of government. Not a democracy. Did you know that? Look it up. The same Constitution that Democrats, again, routinely characterize as racist. But again, everything is racist. I guess the kind of toilet paper I buy would depict whether or not I'm a racist. I don't know. All right? I mean, I really thought when we got Aunt Jemima off the uh, syrup bottles and pancake mixes, everything was going to be all right. Um, hunky-dory, kumbaya down the road together, right? Like on the, ro- on, the song, on the movie Song of the South. I actually have a copy of that, which is, it's not illegal to have, but it was uh, banned from sale ap- not long after Disney came out with it. And I won't tell you how I got a copy, but I got a copy. I don't know if I should have told you that. <laughs> They're going to break down my door because I got a copy of Song of the South. Well, you know, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay, my oh my, what a wonderful day as they try to impeach them over and over and whatever else the rest of us have to go through. You know, I'm telling you right now, if we don't do something about this in November, those 87,000 agents that the IRS now has weaponized are going to be knocking on your door, amongst other agents. Who knows what they'll come up with. But I'm telling you right now, the writing is on the wall, people. And I can't emphasize that enough. I can't. I can't. They're calling us dangerous and a threat to the republic. They're calling us haters. They're calling us racist, anti-American, biggest threat to the republic or to our country since God knows when. Yeah, in certain respects, I I take a it's like wearing a medal as a patriot and as a Christian. But I kind of worry about those that you know don't have that kind of skin. They're just a common mom and pop, regular everydays on the street. Sad thing. Saw so a thing speaking everydays in the street. So a thing yesterday. I had a. Uh, a hat on, said something about Brandon, and I said, I love your hat. Oh, it said, go Brandon. And uh, he says, you know, people don't get it. I said, it's sorry to say, isn't it? But anyways, so let's move on. Webster defines act, the word act, that which is done, a deed, exploit, or achievement, whether good or ill. Now, to act connotes movement, production, exertion of energy or accomplishment so we have in the bible an entire book called acts pretty much it's you know it's like a journal of the activities and the uh the life of those who had encountered jesus christ while he lived on earth you know primarily the apostles and so forth and their life after jesus ascended into heaven and the book is called acts It's a record, again, of some of the activities of the first century Christians. And it it really, it's a fascinating recitation of the Acts of the Apostles. And, you know, we see early on, unfortunately, the faiths cost some of them their lives. In fact, I think out of the Apostles, um, including Paul, because he was a latecomer, but an Apostle, it was always my understanding, an Apostle was somebody who saw Jesus Christ, personally, and the disciple did not, you know, so Paul, because he had the uh, experience on the road to Damascus, is considered an apostle, but all of them, except for John, uh, were martyred, so again, people are defined by what they do, you know, you know it's not simply what they are. I once heard someone ask, if they charge you with the crime of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? That's a good question. That's a hard question. All right? And that that should cause us to really look at our lives. You know, action leaves evidence. And evidence suggests what? Complicity. And complicity implies guilt. Well, I'd rather be guilty of acting on the tenets of the gospel of Jesus Christ than of anything else. I would rather be known as, you know, a great, I don't know, preacher or whatever, I guess, in certain, you know, than, you know, I pulled off the greatest heist in history, okay? Because in, really with that one, there's not much, uh, you know, you can say because you're a criminal and, you know, if you get, and when you're caught, you're going to prison. But anyway, I digress. So being a Christian, it defines the values that one possesses. It's the standard by which they live, that we should be living our lives. But it does not demonstrate exactly what it is that our Christianity causes us to do. The Bible teaches us that they will know that we are Christians by our love. Now, Jesus says that. They'll know you by your love for one another, the way you have that love. It's a redefining of the word love. Right, because there's the love you have for your parents and the love you have for your brothers and sisters. I hope you know, and so forth, and the love you have for your husband or your wife, and so forth and so on. That kind of love, but the love that the Christian has, not only for themselves, you know, their inner group there or whatever, members of the church, so to speak, but the love that they have, in a sense, for the world. So. that kind of love should, according to Scripture, produce what? Action. It should produce action. It should provide evidence of belief. You see, the Apostle Paul said that what we do is evidence of what we believe. Action produces the fruit of belief. You see, when Abraham exercised his faith, it created an action. He had faith in God. So when God said, take everything and whatnot that you own and go from where you are, your comfort zone, what you've known all your life, and those around, family, friend, stranger, and move to this other place that he wasn't even told where it was or anything. God says, I'll tell you when you get there. And he did. That was a huge, huge action. A faith or belief on his part it says in john fifteen thirteen greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now I'm not saying we have to lay down our life for our friends, but that's the kind of love Jesus is talking about. It's a gappy love it, it man there is no boundaries. so what is it that our christianity that your Christianity causes you to do? No one can earn or work their way to heaven. that's a given salvation by grace alone period close the door it's through faith alone in christ alone (coughs) excuse me but works we still have works because the works are evidence of what our belief the action that abraham took was evidence of his faith and his belief so he had that moses same thing Faith and belief in the burning bush and what God called him to do. Even though he debated God about being the one, he did it. The idea of works kind of has gotten a bad rap in the church. All right? Works are the evidence of the living out of our Christian faith. Period. James 2 says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith? and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, think about this, and one of you say to them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it not works, is dead, being alone, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show my faith without thy works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, and thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. I want you to keep that in mind. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Now back, let's, let's go back just a few lines here. The devils also believe and tremble. So this quote-unquote, oh, I believe in God, well, so do the devils, and they tremble. All right? When Jesus encountered certain demons and devils and so forth and spirits, man, they pleaded with him. They knew who he was immediately. On a few occasions, he actually had to tell them, keep your mouth shut and don't tell anybody, you know, don't say that, because he wanted people to be able to figure it out for themselves. You know? of who he was, but they knew who he was and they feared him something wicked. That's <laughs> Catch a phrase, I guess. You know? So this idea that oh, I believe in God, so I'm alright, then, yeah, that's not how it works. Alright? that In the end, anyways, that's not how it works. You see, because prayer alone is not works. You know, prayer is good, it empowers action, and action produces works, and works are evidence of belief, on and on. Belief is the incubator of action, and church attendance and prayer is not alone is not action. That, that means nothing. Jesus encountered, I don't know how many people, you know, that quote-unquote attended temple or the synagogue and knew their scriptures. You know, they could recite them, wrote, you know, but they had no inner, nothing in the heart, nothing in their hearts. Same thing in the Old Testament, you know? So let's look at Revelations 20. Let's do this. We will all appear at the judgment seat of Christ. That's where we're going to be required to produce evidence of our Christianity. It doesn't mean our salvation is at at risk. That's not what it is. But we're going to have to show what did we do, right? Name of the show. What did you do? Ask yourself, is simply being a Christian all that's required of the Lord? Was my friend right? Is the Christian life really similar to a vitamin? Just be one? Get it? Be one? <laughs> little preacher humor there, very little. Yeah, okay, I hope you liked it anyway. <laughs> so that's, that's the key, right? Ask yourself. Is all, is, is, is all there to it, just being, you know, calling yourself a Christian? That's like, okay, let's secularize it. I'm a Republican, but I don't do anything to support the Republican Party. I don't give donations. I don't call and make phone calls on their behalf or to them and, you know, my representatives, things like that. I don't do any of that. And if I feel like it, I'll get up and go out and vote, but I'm really, you know, busy doing something else and I didn't get around to it. See, it's, it's similar. Being a Christian, my wife always says, is a verb. It meant get up and go. You know, you took on the responsibility when you became, quote-unquote, a Christian. I'm not talking about you joined a church or you, you know, became part of a civic group or something like that. It's what's in your heart in relationship to Jesus Christ and through him to God our Father. You know, I'm reminded of the parable of the talents where the man who had only one, he buried it for fear of not stacking up, you know, coming to good. And Jesus called him what? A wicked and slothful servant. Wow. He buried it for safekeeping, so at least he'd have that to give back to his master and say, well, I made sure nothing happened to it, and <laughs> he got called a wicked and slothful servant. Because the rest of them invested it or did something with it, and actually, they recoup more. You see, listen, when you and I stand before the Lord, will we simply be judged by what we believe? Or will we be judged by what we did with what we believe? That's another one of those questions, you know, like the big, deep, philosophical questions. All right? Sad to say, many Satanists and evildoers, like those in government, you know, Democratic Party in particular, they they, they act on what they believe, as evil as it is. So... As patriots or, you know, believers in our Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence, are we acting? And then again, as Christians, this is key. Are we acting? Or do we just sit back and say, well, I believe and that's enough? Uh, I can't emphasize it enough, people. Number one, this November, actions required. And number two, every single day, as a Christian, action is required. Just a real quick example. Yesterday, I went to get gas. And as I'm walking into the store to pay for the gas, um, I heard these two guys outside sitting there. And the one guy was talking about the benefits of a shaman. And the Lord put the brakes on and the gospel of Jesus Christ rang out. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. See, be ready in season and out. What did I do with what I believe? Right then and there, I testified to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I use the Old Testament and the New Testament as examples. And when I came walking back out of the store, they were, I mean to tell you, very grateful. Very grateful. Thank you so much for sharing what you know about Jesus Christ and everything. (laughs) So anyway, don't forget. It's up to us to act. So when the Lord says, What did you do? we can say, Well, now, Lord. <laughs> and we'll have a whole list of things instead of one coin. And, you know, He'll call us a wicked and slothful servant. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the time that we've been able to spend together. I thank you for your word, Lord, all powerful, all holy, and glorious, and righteous. Because it comes from you, and I just can't thank you enough for the opportunity and the chance to to share your word Lord and to to just have the vocals or the the ability to speak your word Lord because there's so many that that can't Lord and I just thank you for that opportunity and for this chance to share your gospel and to share your 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 love and grace and mercy that you have for us Lord to your son Jesus Christ. And I thank you in his holy name. Amen. Hey, I'm glad to be back. So the show is Let's Talk. Email address, Mike one at gmail.com. Let's Talk, M-I-K-E, the number one at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. God bless. We'll talk to you again. Goodbye.